You are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up! (laughs) Man, I was determined that I was going to get through that promo perfectly. Wake up! (laughs) This is Ord Energy Mon, and I'm going to try to do this radio show all by myself because um, Tree Song's getting to take care of a little one, Mini Tree Song. So, if you just heard that about solar, I'm having the joy of putting solar on this station, and um, I went ahead and ordered all 22 modules. But, of course, I can't afford all 22 modules. And luckily, people are kicking in. And the reason I ordered it is I have to get them in because we're going to install them on the radio station as many as people pay now on the 23rd, two weekends. So I want to make sure I get them here. And if we don't get all 22 paid for, well, I'll keep some set back. And as people kick in, we'll add a few more. I am doing this as part of a class through John A. Logan. If you would like to install the solar on WDBX, you must take the pre-install class this Saturday, that is tomorrow, at John A. Logan, because I am not going to let anybody on the job site that has not gone through the safety training. Got it? All right. If you would like to take the John A. Logan class, it is 9 a.m., in H building, or you can just give me a call at 8931717. It's Johnny Logan Continuing Education, so we've partnered up with them doing an install class this Saturday. The hands on training, and then next Saturday, actually install the solar on the station. I'm so excited to be able to do this. I've been thinking and talking about it for quite a few years and I'm very happy to finally be able to actually do it. I understand about half of the solar modules have been paid for already, but that means there's more. You too can support the station with the little bit of money you give now will make it so these solar modules crank out power the 25 years of the warranty of them. All right. TreeSong put together the news, and the top news item is U.S. faces dramatic rise in extreme heat and humidity. Across the U.S., we've hit the dog days of summer. Most regions are now seeing their hottest temperatures of the year, and the combinations of heat and high humidity sends most people running for a cold drink, some shade, or an air conditioner. Heat is the number one weather-related killer, and as carbon pollution continues, global temperatures will keep rising, bringing hotter summers and more extreme and dangerous heats. Climate Central's States at Risk project analyzed historic trends in summer temperatures since 1970, as well as projections for future extreme heat for hundreds of metro areas across the lower 48 states. Using several measures, their findings show that most U.S. states have already experienced large increases in extreme summer heat and absolute humidity, which together can cause 
severe heat-related health problems. They found that scores of U.S. cities home to tens of millions of people will face dramatic increases in dangerous and extreme heat days by the middle of this century if current greenhouse gas emission trends continue. The hottest part of the country, including Texas, the Southwest, and Florida, um, I guess we're not included in that, but I do know we have um, high humidity here because, well, we have the joy of having all these lakes, right? The hottest part of the country have already experienced large increases in extreme heat days, including days over 90, 95, 100 degrees, as well as rising levels of humidity that make hot days feel miserable and extremely hot days downright dangerous. Cities in these same states are facing the biggest projected increases in dangerous heat over the next several decades. Well, when they say decades, it makes it seem like it's not immediate. But we are seeing things right now. Negative emissions key to meeting the 2 degrees Celsius threshold. Humans will have to not only stop emitting greenhouse gases by 2085 completely, but also develop technology that will result in negative emissions. The removal of 15 billion tons of carbon dioxide from the atmosphere each year by the end of the century in order to prevent global warming from exceeding 2 degrees Celsius or 3.6 degrees Fahrenheit, according to a new study. Human greenhouse gas emissions, including methane and carbon dioxide, have already warmed the globe more than 1 degree Celsius or 1.8 degrees Fahrenheit compared to pre-industrial levels. The Paris Climate Agreement negotiated last year seeks to cap global warming to below 2 degrees Celsius while at the same time pursuing an even more ambitious goal of limiting warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. But according to a new... National Center for Atmospheric Research study, just cutting emissions under the Paris Agreement might not be enough to keep global warming from blasting past 2 degrees Celsius, said Benjamin Sanderson, the study's lead author. Man, when they come out with these studies that say we are completely and totally screwed, it just makes me think, why should I care anymore? Why should I even worry? It's We're already screwed. Let's just keep doing things as we... Wait a second. We... We like surviving. So I think the, the thing that needs to be emphasized is we are not saving the planet. We are saving ourselves. Sabine Foss, a negative emissions researcher at the Mercator Research Institute on Global Commons and Climate Change in Berlin, said the research confirms that individual countries' emission cut pledges under the Paris Agreement are insufficient to meet the PAC's global warming goals. Negative emissions technology isn't being used anywhere in a significant way today, and the best options for carbon removal have major land and environmental impacts. Scientists are studying many different ways of atmospheric carbon removal. Chief among them is a method called bioenergy carbon capture and storage. It works like this. Trees, 
and other plants, which absorb atmospheric carbon, are grown specifically for carbon removal. Then they're burned to generate electricity, and the emissions are captured and sequestered underground. Other strategies involve planting large forests across the globe, directly capturing carbon dioxide from the atmosphere, and altering soil management to increase the amount of carbon it can store. Quote, None of these have been demonstrated to be plausible on a large scale, Sanderson said, adding that the billions of tons of carbon dioxide that would be needed to be removed from the atmosphere could come at a phenomenal cost. Nobody knows for sure how successful or feasible any of these technologies will be in scrubbing the sky of carbon dioxide, but the study shows that the urgency of climate change may demand that scientists develop solutions by the time today's children are adults, in addition to slashing emissions as much as possible in the meantime. On the forefront, of course, are the islands, because they are going to be get hit hardest. So, Pacific Island nations considered world's first treaty to ban fossil fuels. The world's first international treaty that bans or phases out fossil fuels is being considered by leaders of developing Pacific Island nations under a summit in the Solomon Islands this week. The leaders of 14 countries agreed to consider a proposed Pacific Climate Treaty, which would bind signatories to targets for renewable energy and ban new or the expansion of coal mines at the annual Leaders' Summit of the Pacific Islands Development Forum. Madhikar Kumar, climate change advisor to that forum told The Guardian the treaty proposal was received very positively by the nation leaders. Quote, they seem convinced that this is an avenue where the Pacific can again show or build on the moral and political leadership that they've shown earlier in their efforts to tackle climate change, he said. The forum was formed in 2013, spearheaded by Fiji, and excludes Australia and New Zealand, which are members of the older Pacific Islands Forum. There were claims at the time that Australia and New Zealand attempted to sabotage the group's first meeting. Then in 2015, Australia and New Zealand foiled an attempt by the developing nations in the older forum to take a 1.5 degree Celsius target to last year's Paris Climate Change Conference. But the treaty being considered by the newer group embraces the aspirational 1.5 degrees Celsius target set at Paris, setting mitigation targets that are in line with it as well as establishing adaptation mechanisms to cope with the effects of the warming. Written by a coalition of non-governmental organizations called the Pacific Island Climate Action Network, the model treaty will be the subject of consultations, which will result in a report to the summit next year. Kumar said it is unlikely that it will be adopted within one year, but it is possible that it could be adopted the following year in 2018. 
Now, one thing that this should be pretty easy for most island nations to adapt because the majority of them spend astronomical amounts of money on fuel, fossil fuel, to produce their electricity. Either coal or most likely diesel fuel to power their giant generators to power their island. Which is ridiculous considering how much solar they have and wind. So this should be an easy transition, although expensive because they have, you know, set things in place that cost them a lot of money. So they're going to have to, like, pay for the existing system and the new system as they transition. Yay! Solar Impulse 2 lands in Egypt in penultimate stop of its world tour. The Solar Impulse 2. Do you know what the Solar Impulse is? That's that solar-powered plane that's flying around the world. The Solar Impulse 2 landed in Cairo on Wednesday for its penultimate stop as the solar-powered plane nears the end of its marathon tour, guess what, around the world. After the two-day flight from Spain, just one final leg lays between it and its final destination, Abu Dhabi, where it started its odyssey in March last year. The aircraft landed in Spain last month after completing the first solo transatlantic flight powered only by sunlight. After setting off on Monday morning, the plane passed through Algerian, Tuscan, Italian, and Greek airspace and flew over the Giza pyramids. Is that how it's pronounced? Giza? Gaza? I want to say. Before touching down at Cairo Airport at around 7.10 a.m. Or 5.10 Greenwich Mean Time. Its support crew cheered as the plane, no heavier than a car but with the wingspan of a Boeing 747, landed and trailed after it on bicycles. Oh, that's cool. The support crew were all on bicycles. I guess if they're talking about being clean, they probably should um, not have the support vehicles be fossil fuel powered too. Are you enjoying the day? Are you staying cool? I'll be right back with the holidays. Today is Tapioca Pudding Day. <coughs> Today, again, is Tapioca Pudding Day and Cow Appreciation Day. Coming up this week is Fresh Spinach Day, National Ice Cream Day, which is the third Sunday of the month. It's also Peach Ice Cream Day, and then coming up, National Caviar Day, National Raspberry Cake Day, National Lollipop Day, Ugly Truck Day, it's kind of a guy thing probably, a National Junk Food Day. After all that good food, you're going to want to get some junk food? I mean, caviar and raspberry cake and peach ice cream? Let's throw in some junk food. 
It is National Blueberry Month, National Anti-Boredom Month, and also National Ice Cream Month. I mentioned before that there is a solar knowledge class at John A. Logan. The solar knowledge is a solar installation class. You must take the basic class tomorrow to be able to then be on site next Saturday to install the solar on WDBX. To register with John A. Logan, go to Continuing Education, or I suppose you could call me at 893-1717. I know it's in H building over at John A. Logan starting at 9 o'clock tomorrow. So take the hands-on class. It's in two parts, this Saturday and next Saturday. And um, one little tidbit is I use the class to try to find workers because I am always needing more workers. So if you are looking to get a job in the solar industry, I need your I need your ability to climb up on roofs. Also in the calendar, New Humanist Forum, Art for the 21st Century and Beyond. The New Humanist Forum will meet on Sunday, July 17th at 12.15 p.m. at the Carbondale Unitarian Fellowship, which is over on Parish Lane in Carbondale. We'll, we'll discuss art as an object, uh, abstract language to illustrate culture, faith, and history. The New Humanist Forum is a member-led group to de- devoted to exploring together all the facets of what it means to be fully human. Next Tuesday, actually I think this is every Tuesday, been going on for a while, it's called Continuing the Conversation. They meet every Tuesday at the Newman Center from 7 to 9 p.m. The purpose is to build an interracial community based on listening respectfully to each other's life stories. As we listen to one another, We will begin to build a community that strengthens our understanding and compassion for one another. Join at the Newman Center at 715 South Washington Street from 7 to 9 p.m. on Tuesdays. All ages are welcome to attend. Did you go to the farmer's market last Wednesday? Well, the poor farmer's market got hit by that big storm. Which means the farmers didn't get to sell very much. Which means they need you to show up and buy more stuff this week. The Downtown Community Farmer's Market, Wednesdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Downtown Carbondale at the 200 block of Washington Street. That's between Oak and Jackson near the town square or right outside WDBX studio and it is not only food from farmers it is also fresh cooked food from um, what do you call it town square market it is also scratch brewery shows up and does uh, sodas there's also frozen uh, meats and non-frozen eggs and there's also music If you missed the Sunset Concert last Thursday, 
It was an absolutely world-class, sweaty, 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 hot, dancing, dancing mob of people listening to a world-class band. Next Thursday, I, well, here's the band, Rusty Wright Band, Classic Rock. Now, this flyer is telling something really good. Ride to rock at the Sunset Concert. Ride a bike to the Sunset Concert. At the Sunset Concert, learn to use a bike repair station. They're doing a free mini lesson, SIU Saluki Spokes. And they're also giving prizes. It says win a bike helmet or other prize. This is at the Sunset Concert. When? 6 to 8 p.m. Where? Turley Park. Next Thursday, July 21st. So ride your bike there. They'll help you fix it. Well, I'm sure they won't help you do a major repair, but any basic repair, they will help you with. That is next Thursday. We got a special guest snuck in. It's like... It's like I basically missed the whole show. You've been being hot. I was just talking about this ride the bike to the Sunset Concert. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. exciting. I mean, if you're going to probably go to the Sunset Concert anyway, you may as well ride a bike and participate in the event. So that's next Thursday. And next Friday, Beat the Heat with the Fourth Friday Fair. And... um We've been having a decent amount of these outdoor events canceled because of the weather. Yeah. So anytime there is an outdoor event and it's decent, even if it's not, get out there and dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it amazed me how many people were dancing at the Sunset Concert last night. And it was extremely hot. I mean, um, anyway. yeah, it's just like, yeah. so beat the heat with the fourth Friday fair. Of course, that's on Friday, 6 to 9 p.m. at the Carbondale Town Square Pavilion. And, of course, that's downtown. And there will be a chance to win free Splash Park tickets, courtesy of the Splash Park, the Carbondale Park District, you know. Yeah, so that's a way to cool off. (laughs) There will be activities for kids, families. There will be vendors and food. There will be specials all around the square from all the local restaurants so go have dinner and then i forgot at the free friday night fair there's music yeah there's music too it's like all right yeah it's a good time i it, i just went to i think the last one i went for it and it was you know there are all these booths there there was some cookies and cupcakes and uh there's you know food and music and there was someone spinning flaming poi yeah. Well, they be- this is beat the heat, so I hope I hope they won't bring more heat. They're bringing more heat, ironically, but yeah. So you can stand away from someone if they're doing that and it's warming you up. But it's a good time. Very festive community atmosphere. Also coming up, now this to me is a very good time because it means not having to mow the lawn anymore. This is Alternatives to Lawns. It's coming up not this Saturday, that's next Saturday. Uh, is that next Saturday? Am I doing my math correctly? Uh, two Saturdays from now. I don't know, you have to, but you should mark your calendar. Mark your calendar. It's July 30th at 12.30 p.m. at the Carbondale Civic Center. 
Keep Carbondale Beautiful will host a workshop on alternatives to lawns. How to get the most from your yard on Saturday, July 30th, uh, which will in fact be two Saturdays, not one. Uh, Might be three Saturdays. I don't know. I can't keep track. <laughs> it's at the Carbondale Civic Center on July 30th at 12.30 p.m. Registration opens at 12.30 with time to view displays by local vendors and organizations. The presentations by area experts begin at 1 and run until 5. There will be a break and refreshments. Starting at 5.30 until 8, participants can view yards that have undergone some degree of conversion to less long on a self-guided tour. Cost for the workshop is $10 per person. And this is an exciting topic to me because I, my vision for all of the lawns in the world is for them to be converted into something else. You know, edible landscapes, you know, you, there's any number of things you could put in instead of putting this grass and mowing it, putting it and mowing it. Well, I mean, the you know, the reason why we have grass is we want to be like the kings were. Yeah, we want to be the kings. We want to be like, ah, oh, I'm going to cut down all the grass. I can Well, I mean, you know, 100 years ago, the only the people who had lawns were kings, and that's because they hired people to, you know, clip it by hand. Yeah. You know? <laughs> there's a sign of wealth that you could, you know, cut these plants on a weekly basis, you know. But now we have all these little castles that are <laughs> doing it. And it's really, it does add up to a significant carbon footprint. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but if you think of millions of people mowing their lawns each year, that is a significant amount of emissions, especially if they're using gas-powered mowers, which most people are. And a significant amount of waste of time. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's such a, I've done, I don't do it very often, but I have done lawn mowing before, and being out there in the middle of summer, it's hot outside, you just want to go inside, and you sweat yourself out. Better to have an alternative to it. So once again, that's Saturday, July 30th at 12.30 p.m. I don't know if you caught, but I ordered the solar mo- equipment f- yeah, I heard yesterday. That right here. Yeah. So that'll be for the install, not this Saturday, but next Saturday. Yeah. And so, the power of the sun is on its way to WDBF. Usually it only takes like one or two days for me to get the equipment. Because, um, but my last order was supposed to be delivered this Tuesday, and I got it yesterday. Mm-hmm. So it was already two days late, and actually, according to the online thing, it said it got delivered Tuesday. And so I called my supplier, and they're like, it showed it's delivered. I was like, well, check. And they're like, well, apparently the company that was supposed to deliver it gave it to another company to deliver it. (laughs) And then they lost it (laughs) for two days. So... Um, So yeah, I get to have a good, good bit of buffer there to be sure it gets there in time. Yep, and so... Um, it's, I understand, have raised the money for about half the solar modules already, but I've ordered all of them, but of course, um, I'm not going to put them up unless people, you know, donate the money for them. (laughs) just like, I can't afford, you know, I mean, I can afford to cover, I'm, I'm happy I'm being able to do a big significant part, but I can't do the whole thing, so... So wdbx.org slash solar. People can go there to contribute to the solar and bring the power of the sun to WDBX. Power the tower. Power the tower. <laughs> yeah. And so that's a good deal because the literally the warranty for the solar modules is 25 years. So whatever you donate now will be power in this station for the next 25 years. Yeah. Your legacy. Your Man, legacy. I do this all the time. Like, I put in solar. This is awesome. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We've been doing this radio show since 1999. So guess what? Our anniversary is coming up in like 
three weeks. What are we going to do for the radio station for our radio show anniversary? Yeah, we'll Put in solar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like. We'll celebrate the solar, yeah. <laughs> so, 